Welcome to Conscious Communication, the podcast that can help you improve your company's culture and better your team's communication, helping you build more significant relationships. Now here's your host, Philip Bogolub. I have the privilege and honor of talking with T. Mark Meyer. T. Mark is a psychotherapist and consultant to some of the world's largest corporations. He coaches professional athletes in discovering their purpose within themselves and their relationships all around them. He has also authored a book called The Art of Being Authentic. He's got a lot of other stuff, but I, we, we'd spend the whole time on this interview talking about all, his, all the stuff and his credentials. So I want to thank you for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you, Phil. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And he's talking from Denmark, correct? That is correct. This is... I, 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 I know it sounds dorky, and I'm a dorky engineer, but I'm proud of it. I still think it's amazing that I plug a wire into the wall, and I'm talking and seeing you halfway around the world. I just, it still blows my mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's amazing. and it's done, it's done so much for us, right? This connectivity around the world, right? Yes. And, and in a positive way, I think, you know, I mean, you can always find negative ways, but in a positive way, this is, this is something to get the word out. So I'm going to ask you. What was that serendipity? What was that accident? What was that coincidence in your life? You didn't wake up one day and go, I'm going to be a psychotherapist and do consulting and I'm going to do an athlete. This just didn't happen. What was those things that, those coincidence, serendipities and accidents, those, those things that pushed you that way and you're like, tried to force away from it, but then you said, okay, I give, I'm going to go down that road. Well, that's, uh, that's a really, really good question, right? And I think it was a long journey for me. I think that uh, for me, it already started early in life. And I, I, I don't think I was aware of it, but when I was a kid, when I was in school, I had a teacher and that teacher, she didn't like me. And she was constantly belittling me and telling me I wasn't good enough. So uh, I, uh, when I was a young man, I went out to the world and I wanted to prove myself. I wanted to prove myself to the world that, you know, I'm good enough and I'm good. And how do you do that? Well, I did it doing all these things that I thought I was supposed to do. So that was something about, you know, having a good career, right? Making some money, having success, you know, this is what will give me happiness. And this is what will show the world that I am actually good enough. Right. And I, I did that and, and, and it, it went well. I think it was in my early thirties when I was uh, heading up three offices in, in, in three different countries for a, for a British uh, online agency. And, you know, I had sort of attained all of my goals. So I was figuring, okay, well, I should be happy now. And for some reason, there was something missing. And I was still in that modality of thinking that I had to achieve and I had to prove to the world that I was good enough. Mm-hmm. So uh, instead, I left my job and I said, I'm going to start a tech company. I'll find investors and I'll start a tech company and then I'll be happy. <laughs> so okay. I did that. Okay. I did that. Yeah. Right. And uh, I found investors and uh, we got off uh, <clears throat> with the new company. And it was really going well. We were winning uh, business awards and, and tech awards and, and, and revenue was, was skyrocketing. And, and this was really what I'd been hoping for, right? Okay. And for some reason, I still wasn't happy, right? <laughs> so, okay, this is good. I like yeah, the journey. Yeah, Keep going. Yeah, yeah. So, and then this, uh, then this uh, you know, I was still in this way of thinking. So I thought, okay, well, I need to start another company and another company. And, and while I was doing this, I was also doing these coaching uh, training programs to become a coach because I had a lot of goals I'd set for myself and I wanted to achieve them. And I had a lot of staff and I wanted them to achieve their goals, right? right. So I was training as a business coach and a you know, master coach and so forth. 
and you know, still nothing was was really bringing me what it was I was looking for. And then one night, I was uh, I came across this: you could train to become a psychotherapist. Four years of training, and I thought, oh, maybe this is what I need. Maybe I need to to understand everyone around me, and then I'll be happy. So, uh, you know, okay. I told my wife. My wife said, that's a terrible idea. You're already <laughs> way too busy. <laughs> when are you going to have time for this? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And I was like, yeah, well, you know, back then I didn't really listen to the people around me. So I was like, yeah, well, I'll have to do it. And then I show up for this psychotherapist training uh, and I hadn't really re read the papers uh, that well. So when I show up, I realize I have to go through 40 hours of therapy myself. And I was like, well, you know, that's not what I'm here for. I went to the, I actually went to the, the, the teacher, the first class and said, listen, I'm here to understand everyone around me. I'm not here to understand myself. Right. Like, what am I going to talk, <laughs> you know, right. am I going to talk to a therapist about for 40 hours? But actually that turned out to be a really good deal for me because when I actually went into therapy, then I realized that this constant chasing after one more goal and one more goal was me trying to prove to the world and ultimately to myself that I was good enough. Because I wanted to prove that I was nothing like my teacher told me when I went to school. I wanted, it was, I, my life was dictated by that scared little schoolboy that got humiliated. And I had spent the most of my adult life trying to disprove that to the world and, you know, ultimately to myself. And that was the shift for me. Wow. I love the story. And it's Everybody's story is a little different, but it still comes the same kind of outcome, the arc of life, right? You feel a little better, feel a little worse, feel a little better. Somebody says, well, you know, and if you don't feel good today, uh, why don't you go with some beers for your friends? Great. Get home, you're lying in bed. It's still there. Uh, you know, you, you go to dinner, come back, you're lying in bed. The whole thing is from within yourself. When you're lying in bed, because I always believe sleep meditation, uh, meditation, silence meditation is sleep. I just teach, taught the class a few days ago. And uh, again, and people always love that because you need silence for meditation. If you don't have silence, you can't meditate and you can't sleep. So it's, it kind of all works within each other. But when you're lying in bed by yourself, whatever partner you're, doesn't, whoever you're with, or even if you're with nobody, everybody's in their own world. And I believe in the spirit and, and the universal mind. I'm very spiritual this way. And it's like, what points, that's why I asked the question to my guests, what was that serendipity accident coincidence? Because you had to go down that road and then you find out like, what, why do I need to be therapy for myself? That's ridiculous. I, I'm fine. And then you found out what was controlling you was somebody else's definition of what they thought you should do. You said it right at the beginning. You said, we do what we're supposed to do. And we're not knocking it. Everybody's got to get a job and have a family. And it's all good. And our parents love us and our friends and teachers. But we're stuck in this, this same thing over and over again. And then you do it to your kids. And again, it's not bad. But then you're not really clear on what your purpose is. You're not really clear on what you get up in the morning. So you started this company like, well, I got a bunch of money now and I'm very successful, but I'm not happy. Well, let me try this. I, I still think it's funny what your wife was saying. It's like, you don't have time for that. So, so obviously you went to school for this because you became a psychotherapist, correct? That, yes, that's correct. And, and when I was done with that, I realized, okay, this is something that I want to work with, you know, and, and, I looked at my own journey and I realized, you know, this is, for me, had been a journey to sort of get back to my authenticity, to what was authentic for me. And in that moment, I realized I would much rather spend my life living my authentic life than trying to, you know, run away from feeling like a scared little schoolboy. 
So I went to my partners and my businesses and I said, you know, hey, you know, I have much respect for what we've done together, but I need to go and work as a psychotherapist and work with authenticity. And that is really what uh, paved the way for what I'm doing today and, and for the book, The Art of Being Authentic. Well, it's interesting because you, what you are doing is nothing like you expected. I mentioned earlier, you know, that musical now is, is interested in Hollywood and stuff and, and I'm getting involved with stuff that I have no idea what I'm doing. So I have to work with people and I have to pay people and I have to, but you know, these people know what they're doing and I don't. And one of them is very, very trusting and we have a good uh, synergy together. But it can be very uncomfortable, you know, when we're told, you know, I went to college when, when I was um, into music, when I was uh, very young, I played in front of my parents, some original material, my mom and dad, because I loved them. I trusted them. My mom goes, you got the talent, but why don't you go get a piece of paper just in case you don't become a rock star? Well, I did. And I'm not complaining. I loved my career. But later on in life, this popped up again in the company I was working for. I thought I'd retire at. And some, somebody bought it and it's like, all right, we're going to put it out of business. I'm like, all right. I saw the writing on the wall. My wife said, why don't you go after your dream? Something you wanted when you were younger. I'm like, I can't do that now. So we had to have a plan. We figured out how to do contracting work and get some money going and blah, 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 all these different things. You don't blindly just take a dive. Like you said, you expect to your wife, like, you don't have time for this. What are you talking about? But it changed and transformed your life. And then you take all those experiences. So I believe there's like, I call them God wings. They are little things that are going on, those coincidences, serendipities, and accidents, which it creates discoveries and awakenings and transformations in your life, which give you, pushes you into the direction that you want. And you're like, if you didn't have those experiences with all the things you got up to becoming a psychotherapist and making a difference in consulting, you would never have gotten there. If you didn't ask those questions, if you didn't take time to, to go, why am I not happy? One of the things, uh, and I'm sure you've read this before many times, or at least heard it before. Somebody said, well, I'm, I'm striving, which is a kind of a low-level way of being. I'm always striving. I'm always striving. So then you get $100,000. They're like, well, that's not enough money. I want a half a million. And you know what? I'm tired of my wife. I want a better wife. I want a younger wife. And you know what? I don't want kids. You know, I want a better and faster car. But it doesn't really matter because those things are, st- you can't take anything with you, as far as I know. And the Egyptians learned, you know, put all those diamonds and gold in there. And the only thing that lasted was the honey, which lasts millions of years, but it just stayed there. Because they thought, oh, when you go into another frequency, you go into another life, you're going to take this stuff with you. And you can't. And you're not supposed to. But what you do here in the here and now, what you leave here while you're here now, I'm not talking necessarily financial, but spiritually, in the mind, in the soul, what you really are here for, that makes such a huge difference. So when people are coming to you, I'm going, you know, T-Mark, what, I am a little lost here. I've got a lot. Are they coming from, because you're, you're dealing with athletes, and these athletes are making a lot of money, but they might be completely, you know, disconnected with themselves. Is that what you're seeing when people are? What, what do you normally see when customers come to you and want, want your services? Well, I think that a lot of the people that come to me have sort of, uh, you know, tried this goal-driven life and, and maybe felt like, okay, well, I'm not really, I'm not really, you know, I made the five-year plan or the 10-year plan and, and, you know, I've reached my goals. But there was, where was that re- emotional redemption that I was, I thought was going to be there or, you know, I, I never, I, I never reached my goals. I'm afraid I'll never, you know, I don't know how to handle it. Right. So a lot of people that come to me, they come from, from that place. Right. And maybe they feel also maybe a little more overwhelmed. Right. Because right now in the way society is, is built today, we're, we're taught to look to others. 
What did they do to be successful? What is good to fit in, right? So, so they're sitting at home and they're eating breakfast like Bill Gates and, uh, you know, they're exercising <laughs> like someone else and organizing the emails like the CMO of Tesla. And, you know, <laughs> and, and all of a sudden they're like, you know, what's going on, you know, and, and, and it comes from a good place because they're struggling and they feel that it's hard, that their life is hard to handle. So they look, what are other people doing? Because it looks like they got it together, right? Right. You know, but ultimately it, it turns out that it's not working for them. And the reason, of course, it's not working for them is, uh, and that's where I'm coming from, is because they need to connect with what's authentic for them. Yeah, and it, it takes a while. Uh, it's kind of like going to the grocery store and going, that guy looks healthy. I think I'll follow him around and buy his food. You know, it, you, what you, and, and it's also amazing. The more I get into the mind with, with my belief system and what you're doing, I'm sure you agree. The more you find out you thought you know somebody, you don't have a clue really what's going on in their mind. Those thoughts that you're thinking are the thinking thoughts. The thoughts you're thinking is the noise. The thinking thoughts, the spiritual side, which I believe is the, the, the universal mind, the, and I call it God, but the universal mind, whatever you want to call it, and, and the spirits and the angels and the true self and understanding who you are, because you're absolutely right. We, and this has been going on forever. Everybody go, oh, this is brand new because of the internet. Now, people have been looking to other people and looking, go, wow, look at that big building. Look at that house they're living in. Of course, they might be totally broke. <laughs> they might be very depressed. They might not have horrible relationships, but on the outside, they look fantastic. Well, that wears out after a while because if you really want to know what your 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 mind your your uh, mind is, take a look at your body, and and what kind of stresses that are going through. And one of the things I've learned, one of my favorite buttons on the cell phone is called airplane mode. I, I need time to shut down. I'm like uh, C3PO on uh, Star Wars, where he, he looks at Luke. He goes. Hey, Luke, he's like, yes. Do you mind if I shut down for a while? Of course. And he just shuts down. We need those things. How much time, well, let me ask this in a a different manner. For silence, how important is it for you, yourself, and what you do every day for yourself and your clients? And when you teach people what the audience is listening to, because I always stress that we don't have enough, forget all the technology. Nobody was silent to, to begin with. We want noise. But isn't it important to be how you can't really get in touch with what your knowledge is to your soul, who you really are in yourself without silence, correct? 100% correct. I mean, you need to focus and pay attention, you know, to yourself. And, and the first step for that is, of course, uh, silence, right? Because if, if you're always busy chasing stuff, well, you know, it's amazing what we as human beings can do if we have some sort of goal. And, and it doesn't have to be a, something that's healthy for us, but, you know, we can chase it and, and you know, uh, we'll, you know, we'll ignore chest pains and back pains and whatnot, you know, just to get to that goal, you know, and we, we're not comfortable with that silence, you know, that silence can be scary. And I think that's maybe why we like goals a lot, because we don't have to be present when we're chasing goals. Mm. We can't, we can be, but we don't have to, we can put everything aside because we're chasing that goal. Right. But the minute we start to be still, the minute we start to reflect on our purpose rather than our goals, well, then silence comes. And when silence comes, then we start feeling these thoughts and, you know, and, and, and pains and, and, and whatnot. So it, it can be scary, but it's so necessary and the benefits are so big, right? But it takes time. And, 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 and one of the things that we're not taught in schools, colleges, universities, it doesn't matter where we go in life, we're not taught to just 
stare out the window and look at the birds flying by. It's an old, it's an old thing. Did you last the last time you actually looked at the the flowers and and smelled smelled the roses? One of the things that's most important is um, we're talking about authenticity. I want to kind of look talk further about that with you. How do you define authenticity, and how do you find that within yourself when you're again that low level of mindset of striving? I got to go there. I got to go there because here's as an adult. I got my engineering degree and my MBA, but I got, I got the piece of paper. I'm like, is this all it is? You know, I wasn't enjoying it. I was going after what she said, that goal. So what, how do you find your authenticity and where do you start? That is a very good question. And it's a, it's a, it's a big topic, right? <laughs> but I think that, I think that, you know, the, the, the most simple way I could put it in the context that we're discussing right now and with goals is, First, you got to stop saying, what should I accomplish now? And start asking yourself, who do you want to be right now? Mm-hmm. Who do I want to be right now? Instead of saying, what do I need to accomplish right now? Because okay. that's the first step. So authenticity is being true to yourself, being true to what, what your values, your needs, what, what drives you, what is uniquely you. But you have to find out what that is first. And you can't find out by looking outside. And that's why stillness comes in. You have to do some self-investigation. And it's not an accomplishment to be authentic. There's no goal line. And I'm, when I'm on these podcasts, a lot of people ask me, so you wrote the book, The Art of Being Authentic. Then are you very authentic? And I go, well, I try to be authentic, but it, it's not a checkbox. It's not no. like I can say, yes, <laughs> yes, you know, I have the certificate. It's laminated and all. I'm 100% <laughs> authentic. I went, right? to, went to Authenticity University. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it, it's it's a journey. It's not a goal, right? It, it it is expressing who you are. It's expressing your purpose. And I think the best way to start is to say, okay, maybe I should focus a little less on what I have to accomplish and a little more on who I want to be. But it takes it takes time, and people don't want to take the time. I mean, we uh, my wife is an actuary. She does a lot of numbers, and she, you know, I I always ask her what's the uh, the tables, how long people live is one of the tables they look at for what the work she does. And men are like, you know, 82, 83 on average, 82, 83, and women are like 85, 86. And that's as long as you live. But even if you live to 100, that's not that long. By the time I get enlightened, you're 40 or 50 or 60 years old. You're like, uh, well, you know, you want to look back and go, well, I didn't really, all that stuff I did, I want all that time back. As a friend of mine, I asked, I said, why didn't I be, why wasn't able to be enlightened when I was 25 or 30? And I, I had more energy and I could stay up till midnight if I wanted to. He goes, well, let me ask you this. Did you have any life experience? I said, no. Questions answered. It's done. You need those falls. You need those, not talking about major ones, but mistakes. I don't, I, I wish there was another word for mistakes because mistakes are two, you have a choice. What was me or what am I supposed to learn from this? What am I supposed to get out of this? Why did that occur? I always question like, and I know this sounds a little goofy, but if I sneeze, is it because of why? Was I uncomfortable in something? Uh, am I coughing? Why am I coughing? I question everything because I believe everything has or not. Granted, if I'm spicy food and I'm sneezing and I'm coughing, that's different. But in general, why did I sneeze when I was talking about that? Why did I, whatever that body, body function happens? Because your body really, your mind will tell what your body to what what's going on in your body and vice versa because your body's not automatic it's not an automatic you know it was designed that when you're in a positive mode you feel great you're in a negative mode like you said ignore the chest pain 
I'll get the chest pain. You might be getting a heart attack, or maybe it's just simply anxiety or whatever word you want to put on it to it. Uh, but you're, you're not slowing down. And then you go to bed and you get up at three o'clock in the morning. You worry about the same thing. You worry about the same thing. You worry about the same thing. You know, we worry about what we did yesterday and the unforeseen future. And we can never be here now. Well, we can be here now, but it takes a lot of work. And because of technology, I think it's made it even worse that we go, we got to fix it now. We got to fix it now. You got to fix it now. You go on the websites. You can make a million dollars in five minutes. It's like, okay, yeah, whatever. I need to focus on what, what's really authentic. Now, tell me, we were mentioning goals and objectives. Because that's kind of like a, a business term that everybody uses, right? What's your GNOs? So replacing that, what's the difference between your, your goals and objectives, your GNOs, and your purpose? How can you flip that around and make that clear what a definition of goals and objectives are one thing, purpose is another? Yeah. Okay. A goal is something that uh, you need to achieve in order for it to make sense, right? It's a, that's sort of inherent in the goal that you need to achieve it, right? Otherwise, it, it, it makes no sense. And we can have a lot of goals in life. A purpose is different. A purpose is a uh, motivation for why you do things, right? Every right. goal needs, every goal should have a purpose because otherwise they're meaningless. But what's also different with a purpose is that a purpose I should be able to be, to express right now. If I'm not able to express my purpose right now, then it's not a purpose, then it's a goal. Uh, Does that make sense? Yeah. Say that one more time. If I'm not able to express my purpose right now, then it's not a purpose, then it's a goal. Give me an example. Well, okay, you know, the, the, if we're talking about goals and objectives and, you know, making money and being material, somebody, somebody would say, well, you know, my purpose is to make a lot of money. Like, okay. Well, that's, that, that's a goal because you cannot express it, right? Let's say we have more than one purpose. We have more than one purpose in life. So one of my purposes being a parent is to be a great dad. Okay. I can always be a loving dad when I'm with my kids. No, I don't have to achieve something first before. Whenever I'm with my kids, I can choose to be a loving dad. I can choose to express my purpose. When we're sitting here talking, and one of my purposes is I want to help people feel better about themselves by being authentic, well, that's something I can express now. I, we can talk about this authenticity and what it does for us, right? I don't need to achieve some certain milestone first. That's a key difference between purpose and goal. Okay. Thank you for clarifying because uh, I, I understood it for what I think and the audience is probably understanding it for what they are, but I love that because the simple example is money. And not that money's bad. That's fine. It's there to make you comfortable. That's all I believe. And I don't believe it's for control. I believe it's for, for enlightenment and support for the world. You know, you donate the money, donate the time, or you give it to your kids. But when you're saying, you know, I want to express the love I have for my wife or my kids or my dog or my parents or my whoever it is, that's real time now. And that's a purpose. A purpose isn't, I want money. That's a goal. And that's an objective. But you have to do certain actions to be able to get that money. And to me, you know, I've always made a nice living. But when I, when I started doing this, I'm like, what was my goal? My goal is to make a nice living. I, so my kids are all grown up now. But when my daughter was really young, she said, we drove by this real fancy house had a pool inside the house and everything. No, it was for sale. So we walked around it and we laughed and everything. And it's like, daddy, I want to live in that house. I said, okay, great. I'll never see you again. She said, what? You know, she's maybe five or six, seven years old, whatever. I don't remember. And it's because like, I don't understand. I said, well, daddy has to work really hard to make all this money. And I won't be able to be, to afford the time to be able to spend it with. What I should have said is, 
my purpose is to be a dad and a husband, father, a son, a grandson, whatever it is. My goal is to make some money. But if my goal, if my goal becomes my purpose, whether it's money or whatever something else is that's on it, that's not right now that I can express, then I, you feel empty. You know, I think that, answer me this, when you, when you were doing this stuff and you made all this money and all this stuff, was that, the, that was really the clarifying part where it's like, oh, that's the difference between goals and objectives and purpose. Because your goal was to do this and be successful. But when you got there, it, it was unfulfilling because that wasn't your purpose. Now, if your goal was to make the company successful, make a lot of money and you make a difference, you could still do that. But that's your purpose. Your purpose is, I'm going to do this and I know it's going to make a bunch of money. I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I'm going to get there. But you found through different adventures that that really wasn't your purpose because it didn't make it didn't give you joy. It didn't uh, it didn't keep you alive. And 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 you've got to be alive. You want to be able to to make a difference in everything that you're doing. A strong feeling of self. We've been talking about this a little bit. Give me an example, or tell us some, tell us how to get a strong feeling of self when usually, like you said, when you were in school or anything else in the world, you know, your manager could be saying. T. Mark, you're a moron. I don't like you. You're stupid. And then you go home. The, the manager that told you that is playing with his kids and having a great time. You're just like, oh my God, I, I, I wonder if he's right or she's right and what do you do? So how do you have a strong feeling of self when, the, when people push negativity onto you? That's a really good question. And it, it's, I think it's one of the things that can seem the hardest, but I also think that it's one of the things that I'm probably mostly misunderstood because I believe ultimately, and I write that in the book, that we're a hundred percent in control of our own self-esteem. A lot of people think that, you know, well, you know, uh, because of my traumatic upbringing, I can only have, you know, this much self-esteem. You may have higher self-esteem, but that's impossible for me, or I have this maximum to it, but really, you know, it's, uh, or I have to go through years of therapy in order to get that kind of self-esteem. And, and it's not the case. I believe we're whenever we make an authentic decision, then it adds to our self-esteem. And the more self-esteem we get, the easier it becomes for us to make authentic decisions because, you know, let's be honest, being authentic can be a little scary because we might not fit in. The people around us may not mm. like whether or not, you know, this authenticity we, we, we were, you know, showing to the world, you know, maybe they're thinking, what's this about, right? And that's basically what keeps us a lot from being authentic. Uh, uh, authentic. So, so the, it becomes sort of a self-reinforcing process. You know, once you take off decisions that are authentic for you, you get self-esteem. The more self-esteem you get, well, the more you can make authentic decisions. And I'm sure that with you, when you decided to, you know, get back into music and, and expressing yourself that way, well, that added to your self-esteem because you got to express some of that authenticity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're, you're absolutely right. Um, and then it doesn't happen overnight. Suddenly somebody found me in Hollywood, but there's somebody local here who was talking about the musical for the past two years since I completed it. I'm like, all right, I got this thing. What do I, I don't know anybody, but it takes time. And when somebody says you're self-made, you know, you need people, you need other people in your life to support you. You need, you need your wife to go, you're not doing this. You have no time for this. You need to sit down and have these discussions. When I left my old job, I sat down with my wife and she, I mean, I never lost sleep over my job. I, I was doing it for over 25 years. I loved it. And she said, you're getting up in the middle of the night. You're not sleeping. And I never had that problem. 
And she goes, this is ridiculous. Go after your dream. And I didn't even think about this because I had the guitar you see over here, uh, the first one, I got it when I was 16. I'm 61. That thing's been around a long time. And I had an old piano that I still have and it still works. I know I'm really aging myself. It's controlled by floppy disks, but it works and it really sounds good. And, and so, but I plugged everything in and I didn't have my drums or anything anymore. And, and I just started playing and, and I walked upstairs. She goes, I, I could feel the joy coming from what you were doing. I could feel your enthusiasm because I came up, I felt lighter. And I, you know, I'm like, I, I guess so. So I, I spent like a couple of weeks thinking about this and talking about it because you have to talk about it. You have to go, well, how am I going to do this? Well, you can contract work and you can leave this, you know, and uh, oh, the kids are growing up. Okay. Da, da, da. You, know, you don't, you don't sit there and sacrifice and remortgage your house and spend your pension money and all that. I'm not talking about being stupid and you know that, but you have to take time. And this didn't happen. It's taken several years. So you have to be very patient, which we're not taught to be patient. We're taught to do this. Now, one thing I have learned when you do things on your own, uh, when you're working in a corporate environment, you'd companies, you'd go up and say, hey, Phil, so-and-so is not doing the job. By the way, how's your family? Could you just take care of that on time? And you leave the room and, and I take care of it. When you're on your own, you can't complain to anybody but yourself. If you make, uh, I made a boatload of mistakes. I had people telling me, oh, the musical's wonderful. I know somebody with a million dollars. By the time it got through, they go, well, I know somebody that might know somebody has $2. You know, you, you need, and, and maybe you spend some money on something that you thought would work, and then you find out you did the same. I mean, everybody does it, and they don't understand that just because you're where you're at now doesn't mean that you didn't have your trials and tribulations. You have to have them because that's the only way you can be clear that you're on your way with the purpose that you're supposed to be here on planet Earth. And I believe everybody has a purpose. And I know you also do too. If I have an intention, how do I use that to drive me forward? Intention is, you know, it, it, it's, it's kind of, it's interesting. It's almost like goals and objectives, but what's the difference? So I have an intention to get X and do I need to mark them down? Because if they're all sitting in here and I'm meditating, that's great and everything. But how do I start the ball rolling with getting that intention moving forward? Yeah, that is a crucial aspect. I think of being uh, authentic. That is your intention because your intention has a huge impact on sort of the, the, the your emotional well-being and, and what you're going to get from doing what you're doing. It also goes a little to what we sp spoke about earlier about looking to others. And I'll give you an example. Let's say that you and I, uh, Philip, we go out and we decide to feed the homeless. And uh, we go out on the street and you say, I'm going to go left. I'm going to feed everyone on the home of the homeless on the left here. And I'm going to say, I'm going I'm to go to the right. I'm going to feed the homeless on the right, right? We're right. doing the exact thing, same thing. Only your intention is you, you, you really want to help these uh, poor people that have a, they have a terrible life. You want to bring some joy into their life. Like, well, you know, once you're done, you're going to leave that situation with a heightened sense of self-esteem, a better emotional well-being. Let's say my intention is I want to prove to the world I'm a real do-gooder. Look at me. Look at what I'm doing. You know, then I'm already said, okay, this is external validation I need. <laughs> you know, I'm not good enough as I am. So I'm going to leave that experience with a, a you know, a lower sense of self, uh, sense of self-esteem. I'm going to leave that not with some great emotional outcome, you know, so the exact same action, but with a different intention, you know, will provide a different outcome. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. 
it makes total sense because one, you're giving of yourself selflessness. One, you're trying to prove something that nobody's really looking. You're looking at something. It's like, I got to prove that I'm the best musician or the best giver or the best whatever it is, fill in the blank. And it usually is just very empty because then you go back to doing what you normally do and you're still empty. I, th I think analyzing it from coming from your purpose, which will give you self-esteem, which will make you feel good, which will then relate to positive relationships. We're, we're magnets. We attract what we think about, talk about, and feel. And if you're constantly talking about, you know what, T. Mark, I, uh, I, I'm broke. I have no money. Nobody loves me. My, uh, man, man, well, and I'm like, well, you know, Philip, that's great. But what's your, what do you, what do you want to do? Well, I want to do this, but people told me, you know, I'm not really good. And I'm just, yeah. well, that's what you're going to get. And I, I've discovered the hard way that when you talk about negativity over and over and go, and you just grab whoever you can, you know, you know, it's the old saying is like, you know, you're walking down the, uh, to get some coffee at the office or whatever. And it's like, Hey, Phil, how you doing? I'm doing great. T-Mark, how you doing? Like, well, and you're thinking to yourself, oh boy, I shouldn't ask that question. But if you ask that question and they're negative, it just you just want to go away. You want to run away or you want to bop them on the head like the Three Stooges and go, get over it. It's time to, to, to move on. I have a, a short story. Uh, when, I was, uh, when I was in the office many years ago, I was a gentleman named Vladimir and I'd go to the coffee machine. We usually passed each other. I said, Vlad, how you doing? He goes, I'm doing great. Phil, how you doing? I go, other than my whole family dying in a plane crash last night, it was great. And he goes, oh, that's nice. And he kept walking. I got to my desk. I could not stop laughing. Could not stop laughing. And it's uh, so uh, I'm sitting there for like maybe half an hour or something. He comes running up to me, goes, what did you just say this morning? And, and I was joking. I said, I said, I was just seeing if you were listening. He goes, I wasn't listening. And I said, I got I to gotta tell you, I'm never doing that again. So anytime we passed each other, even if we were just passing each other in the hallway to say hello, he goes, Phil, how are you doing? And I'm listening. <laughs> because we don't listen. We are horrible listeners because we're so busy wanting to react to something that's going on other than listen. What, what kind of tricks or what, maybe tricks is not the right word, but what kind of uh, process or procedure can you do to be a better listener? Because when you're having people mentoring you, when you're having these conversations like we're having maybe, or somebody calls T-Mark, say, hey, I need some help, guide me on this. How can you be a better listener? Otherwise, you're just thinking about, you know, I got an answer or I'm going to go to lunch. How can you become a better listener and, and learn from it? Well, I, I think that um, a couple of things, right? First, I'd be interested if I wanted to become a better listener, I'd be interested in, well, what is it that keeps me from listening? Do I have some sort of inner dialogue that starts automatically whenever people start talking, you start talking, or do I feel the need to take over a conversation? Then I'd be curious about those things. So, you know, because you could, you could go home and say, I want to make a list. I want to be a better listener, right? But uh, you know, most of the time, it's not going to work unless you go to the root cause. You've got to ask yourself, why is that, right? So I guess, in essence, you should start listening to yourself first Ooh. before you could listen to others, right? Yes. Yeah, no, good answer. Good. That's an excellent answer because, again, it goes back to your self-esteem. It goes back to self. I was talking about when I sneeze or when I cough or you got an itch or you got a pain or your neck hurts or... You know, to me, now granted, I'm not going to the extreme if I'm playing tennis and I pulled my muscle, that's logically I pulled my muscle. But in general, every day, you know, if you wake up at three o'clock in the morning, why? What are you worrying about? And normally the stuff you wake up 
and you your mind just goes and then you get the next day and you finally maybe get a couple hours of sleep and you're really tired and you do the the work you were supposed to you find out there was nothing to worry about so taking the time to create your self-worth your self self-esteem don't go by what you see with everybody else just so-and-so made 10 million dollars making a movie or this or that it really doesn't mean anything. Is that really your goal? Like I said, when the kid's really, really young, you know, you want the big house, I'll never see you again. What's the most important thing? Is it to make, is it to make X amount of money? Or are, I, I believe when you find your purpose, when you find your self-esteem, when you look within, the money will follow. Because was that old saying, a business book I read many years ago, that you would love it so much, you do it for free, but people love what you're doing so much, they'd pay you for it. And it doesn't happen overnight. Uh, how long have you been doing the psychotherapy now? Uh, for about four years, uh, full okay. time, yeah. yeah. So it's still fairly new. I mean, considering yeah. being, being in, yeah. your, in your own business. And you, I'm sure you had to go through arcs in life and tri trials and tribulations. But you keep striving and you keep, not striving, but you keep learning more. And, I'm, and here's something I'd love to, to find out. For me, when I do my seminars and I'm talking even on this podcast show or I'm doing the stuff with the, the musical now. I learn more by listening. And I learn more by when you're, even though you're, you're a therapist, do you, have you learned a lot more in the past several years about yourself to become better at what you're doing and a better parent, a better husband, and so on and so on? Yeah, definitely. And I, I think that, that that's what keeps me always motivated and also keeps me surprised that, that when, mm -hmm. whenever we're doing a therapy session, you know, I, I'm, I'm the worst at coaching or doing therapy when I think I have it all figured out. When I think, okay, I know what Philip is all about now, that's, then I'm not a no-go. But when I am absolutely clueless and really listening and really paying attention, that's when I learn. And when I, that's when I ask the right questions, all, right? And also when I'm on these podcasts, when I'm on this podcast with you, well, then all of a sudden you'll phrase a question to me where I'm like, wow, I've been, you know, writing a book on authenticity. I'm just talking about authenticity nonstop for four years. I never thought of it that way. Yes. Yeah. You know. So I learned so much from these questions, just the way they're framed. I'm like, wow, I can see where he's coming from. I understand why he's saying that. You know, the same when I do the seminars, the questions that I get there. Yeah. And, and that's why when pe some people have asked, well, you know, what you want to meet before the podcast? I'm like, nope, just fill out your form. I'll see. I might not even get to any of the questions. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. But I prepare like about 10, 15 minutes before the, the interview starts. I do a little research, maybe, oh, oh, that's what you look like. Or maybe here's your website. And that's about it. But I don't go into anything. I don't want to play any videos. I don't want to do anything. I don't want to read anything because you, you can't learn anything. And I think that's one of the things that, in fact, I know that's one of the things with the show. Uh, we're going on our 60th episode coming up soon. And uh, it's a, now been a year, actually, in the next couple of days, it's been on the air. And it's making a difference. People are reacting. People are inquiring. Uh, it, it's and and and. When the musical starts and things are taking off there, people are going to want to talk to me some more and people are going to want to place me to play some more music and people are going to want me to talk about the philosophy more and blah, blah, blah. But it takes time. Like I said, it's, it's, it's not the age. You're never too old to, to start anything. The only age is, is whatever we define in society that, well, you know, Phil's 61. He can't do this. I didn't start. I started this like six, six what, seven or eight years ago. I was in my 50s. But I, Am I successful to totally what I'm at? No, not totally, but I am because I feel I'm successful now because now things are starting to open up. But 
I had to go through those things, those insecurities, because I had to really get into my self-esteem, like you're saying, really get into my soul knowledge, understanding what's going on with me. Why am I reacting that way? Why am I getting up at three in the morning? Spend the quiet time as much as you possibly can, not just going to sleep at night, but just as much as you can and take the people, even if it's one person you trust in your life, and help them help you. Because I see something different in T-Mark than he sees in me and vice versa. And that's what helping others, empowering others empowers ourselves. That's, what, that's the whole thing. You empowering somebody else, you just learned something about yourself. You empowering somebody else just changed their life and then they're going to go out and change somebody else's life and they're going to change other And then if that little slight thing, you do some kind of seminar in front of a, a group of people, most people are going to come and go, T-Mark, you just made my day. No, they usually don't. But it, you know it's probably connecting with somebody in, in some spiritual way or some psychological way that can make a difference and change everything in their lives. Just one word. I want to thank you very much for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. Calling from Denmark. I always ask the guests at the end, what, you've given a lot of nuggets, but what would, what would be a good positive aphorism to leave people with to go, ooh, I like what he said, and I, I'm going to take that with me? Well, I think that authenticity, being authentic is one of the most important things we can do for ourselves because I think a lot of the psychological pain and, and emotional unhappiness that we experience that comes from an opposition of, uh, between being the, your authentic self and living up to the expectations of others and the ones you impose on yourself. So the more we can bridge that gap, the more we can become more authentic, the ultimately the happier we will be. And that is one of the most important journeys you can embark upon. And uh, I urge um, anyone and everyone to do that. Take your time. You want to talk to yeah. T. Mark? He's available. He's in Denmark, but he's available. Um, I am. Go, to, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, I am available. And we live in an online world. You know, I do online sessions. And, uh, you know, if you're curious about it, of course, you know, head over to Amazon.com and uh, Search the art of being authentic. Uh, yep. There's lots of uh, uh, lots of information about uh, and, and little nuggets there for you to take on your authentic journey and and reach out. Yeah, because it's and you're right. That's the one of the one of the positive things about the internet is to be able to have these conversations like this. Like I said at the beginning, and get his book and call him and talk to him. You know, the whole idea is to better yourself. And I'd rather have. Five people in my life who are positive and supportive than 100 people with a noose around my neck bringing me down, telling you're, you're a moron, you're a loser, and you're stupid. Keep the positive people. Get rid of all the negativity. Uh, T-Mark, I want to thank you very much for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much, Philip. Absolutely. And remember, it is more important to express your thinking thoughts. This is what we've been talking about, those thinking thoughts, the self-esteem thoughts, and not the noise, not the thoughts that you are thinking. That is what is called conscious communication see you next time thanks for listening to conscious communication if you enjoyed the show please rate and recommend on apple Podcasts, overcast or wherever you get your podcast you can also get more great information at conscious communication podcast.com